Can you fire someone for what they say on Facebook? The answer is not so cut and dry, and it's actually a little tricky. But don't you worry, we're going to get down to all the answers on today's episode. Are you ready? Let's go. Hi, I'm Ethan Wall, social media attorney and founder of The Social Media Law Firm, the first law firm in the world dedicated solely to protecting businesses that use social media. And today we're going to be talking about whether you can fire someone over Facebook. In other words, can you be fired or can you fire an employee for what they say and do on social media? Now, let's set the groundwork a little bit. Let's say that you are the HR manager of a big company. And one of your store managers, Bob, barges in the door and says, you need to do something about this. One of my employees just posted something terrible about me and the company on Facebook. They've tagged a bunch of people. They called me some nasty names. They used a few choice words that I'm not allowed to say on the air, but um, it's going viral. I look bad, the company looks bad, you HR manager have to do something about it. You must stop it. So the question I have for you is, can you fire that employee for what they said on Facebook? And the answer is, maybe. Okay, I know, you're like, Ethan, you're a lawyer, you always say things like maybe, or it depends, I know, I'm a buzzkill. But I'm actually gonna go drill down into the details of why I'm saying maybe. Help you to understand the law so that you can evaluate this decision both for you now and if this occurs for you in the future and so that you can figure out what to do about it so you don't get put into a difficult position when Bob or someone else runs into your office. So what are the three things that we're gonna be discussing today? We're gonna discuss one, What is the law that governs employee speech? Two, how does the law apply on social media? And three, what do you need so that you can safely and effectively make decisions about whether or not to fire or discipline someone based upon what they say and do on social media? By the time this episode is over, you're going to learn exactly what the law is, how it applies to social media, and what you can do about it. So without further ado, let's dive into the law. Are you excited? I know I am. All right, so what is the law that governs employee speech? Most people think that it is the First Amendment. You know, I can say what I want. I have a freedom of speech. Shouldn't that allow me to say whatever the hell I want without getting in trouble from your employer? Answer, No, the First Amendment isn't some freedom to be a dumbass. (laughs) You have limits to everything. So why isn't it a law that employees can rely on? The reason is that First Amendment doesn't protect private speech. It protects restriction of speech from the government. Don't believe me? Look up the First Amendment. Go ahead. I'll wait. Google it. What's the First Amendment? No, don't have time, I'll tell you. 
First Amendment says Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people to peacefully assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Boom! Memorize that from my 11th grade class on government and it finally came back to help us in a big way. But what's important about that? The law says Congress shall make no law, dot, 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 abridging the freedom of speech. That means that the First Amendment only protects public speech, but not private speech. And while there are limits as to the government stopping us from saying certain things, that limit doesn't go all the way to private employers. And that makes sense. Look, America was founded on the principle that we can speak out against our leaders and about our positions without fear that we're gonna be thrown in jail. Now, you may get kicked off Facebook or Instagram if you disagree with uh, what Mark Zuckerberg thinks, but it gives us the right and the ability to share our opinions without fear that we're gonna be tossed in jail based upon our political beliefs. Now, with that being said, there are things that employees can say that can get employers in trouble meaning there's a concept of law called vicarious liability. It sounds like a really cool word, vicarious. It sounds dangerous, like a Viking. Um, but what vicarious liability means is that in certain circumstances, the employer can be held responsible for what their employees do, particularly in the course and scope of their employment. Therefore, if an employee harms someone during the scope of their employment, then the employer could be held liable for that in certain circumstances. Therefore, it stands to reason that employers and companies want to restrict employee speech, particularly harmful employee speech, so that they don't experience those risks. So what if it's not the First Amendment, then what the heck is the law that governs employee speech? And the answer is the National Labor Relations Act, otherwise known as the NLRA. So what is the National Labor Relations Act? It's a federal law that gives employees the right to engage in certain protected activities. Section 7 of the law itself governs protected and concerted activities. Now, before I dive into what Section 7 is, I want to say that the National Labor Relations Act applies to most, not all, but most private sector employers. Now, you may not think this. You might be a lawyer saying, wait a minute, Ethan, I know the law, and I know that this is for people who have unions, and you would be almost right. What I mean is that the National Labor Relations Act was designed to help union workers so that they can, you know, come together and uh, advocate for their rights against bigger companies. But it's not only for unions. In fact, most private sector employees are governed by the National Labor Relations Act. I'd bear to say most businesses out there are. Probably yours. So if this issue hasn't been on your radar screen, it should be on there now. So now that we know that the National Labor Relations Act is this federal law that gives employees certain rights about protected speech in the workplace, what's the specific area of law? that we want to discuss right now that applies to this particular issue, and it's Section 7 of the National Labor Relations Act. Section 7 says that employees have the right to engage in protected and concerted activities. 
Protected activities mean things about their shared terms and conditions of their employment. So let's say a, a company is having an unfair workplace where they are paying people below minimum wage and it affects a whole bunch of employees. Employees have a right to engage in protected speech, meaning to speak amongst themselves, to seek help from others, and even the media to say, we ain't getting paid fairly. And they can't be fired or disciplined for engaging in that type of speech. Why? Because we want employees to come out and say that they're not getting paid fairly. That's what this country is all about. All right, there's no, there's, that's, that's what the law is designed to protect. But it's not just protected speech. Your speech must be protected and also be concerted. And that means that it must involve multiple employees, two or more employees, talking about the shared terms and conditions of their employment. So it can't be an individual gripe. It can't be one person's mission who has a vendetta against your company. It has to affect multiple people. So long as employees are engaging in protected speech with other employees, and therefore it is protected activity, shared terms and conditions of employment, concerted with two or more employees, then their speech is protected and you can't fire or discipline them as a result of it. So that's the National Labor Relations Act. That's the section of the law that applies specifically to your question of can we fire people over Facebook and our hypothetical here. So now that we know the law, let's talk about how does this law apply to social media? I don't know offhand when the National Labor Relations Act was written. I gotta say it's like 1920 or something like that. The bottom line is it was created decades before the internet was even a thing, let alone Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, Google+, now Google+, is gone, all this stuff. So the importance of that is that the drafters of the law, the legislature wasn't thinking about Facebook when they wrote this law. But the fact of the matter is, Speech occurs on Facebook more than any other online platform, meaning Facebook is the most widely visited website on the entire planet. It stands to reason that employees' speech also occurs on Facebook, so why would the law not apply? And that just doesn't make sense from a practical or theoretical perspective. It's also legal. There is a governmental board called the National Labor Relations Board. They are the governmental entity that is in charge with enforcing or adjudicating the National Labor Relations Act. So if an employee filed an unfair wage claim against an employer under the National Labor Relations Act, it would be a case up in front of the National Labor Relations Board, and the board has consistently ruled that employee speech uh, and the, the tenets of the National Labor Relations Act apply equally on social media as they do anywhere else. So the same conversations that would be protected speech around the water cooler or picketing outside of a place of employment applies equally on a Facebook post, on Instagram, on Twitter, on any social media platform that you can imagine. So now that we know this, how could we identify, meaning how does this hypothetical apply to protected and concerted activities? What would protected activities look like on Facebook, I'll give you an example. Let's say protected activities would be um, one employee talking about the shared terms and conditions of his or her employment, and other employees would comment on this and engage in a conversation. 
So the classic example of this is a case where there was an ambulance driver and she got into some disciplinary action and she was supposed to have a union rep that was assigned to her to help her with this issue. But the manager refused to give her that help. So she went onto Facebook and said, my manager is a total jerk. He won't give me the help that I need to deal with this disciplinary action. That's not fair. Other employees commented on this and said, you're right. This isn't the first time this manager did it. We don't like this. The employee was fired. And when she filed an unfair labor claim against the company, the company was found to have violated the law. It was a classic case of protected activity on Facebook. You had an employee talk about the shared terms and conditions of her employment, which is that the manager was not supplying help to different types of employees. And you had other employees jump in and say, that situation applies to me too, and it's not fair. So two or more employees talking about what's going on with their working conditions, and therefore that is protected speech that occurred on social media. Now, remember, it doesn't need to just be protected speech. It also needs to be concerted meaning two or more people, and you saw in that example how it would work. But not all social media conversations between employees are considered concerted. Let me give you an example. There was another case where there was an employee who worked at a department store, and she was fed up with the shifts that she was being given by her manager. And she says, I have had enough. This is totally unfair. I'm not going to stand here and take this anymore. We're all going to walk out. And what happened? Other employees did comment on her Facebook post, but they were just offering support. They said things like, I'm sorry to hear that you're experiencing that, or, or that totally sucks. You know, I'm sorry. But they didn't join the conversation and say, well, this is kind of happening to us too. So when the employee was disciplined as a result for talking bad about her company online, while her speech might technically have been protected, it wasn't concerted. No one else joined in. It was an individual employee's gripe about her company and her manager. Therefore, as you can see, there's a very thin line between what is protected and what is concerted. So it's very important for us to make the right decision before we fire somebody because the consequences totally suck. If you as a company violate the National Labor Relations Act by firing an employee wrongfully, what can happen? The floodgates of hell open up and all this bad stuff starts happening. Okay, I don't know about floodgates of hell because I don't think there's water in hell. I don't know, I've never been there before. Um, I've been to the DMV, it's pretty darn close. But what can happen? One, you have to rehire the employee that you already fired. Two, you gotta pay for their back pay. Three, you've gotta compensate them for the benefits that were lost. Four, you gotta pay for their attorney's fees. Five, this attorney, excuse me, this employee that you fired is gonna have a chip on his or her shoulder and walk around like they're whatever doesn't stink because they knew that they took you. They knew that you screwed up and they took you for what you had. You paid for their attorney's fees. You paid for their money. You paid for their damages. And so the consequences can be terrible. This might cause you as an HR manager sitting in the seat when Bob, that, that manager that was talking to you in the beginning comes to you and says, fire him. And you might say, I don't know what to do. I don't want to make the wrong decision. 
because the law is so close, there's such serious consequences. I don't know if I want to take that chance. And if you put yourself in that situation, what happens? You put your company and your morale at risk. You're going to have employees saying whatever the heck they want to say. Things are going to be carte blanche. Your manager is going to be pissed. He's going to leave and go to another company that supports him because he doesn't want his content going viral and his company doing nothing about it. You can't just say because there are risks, I'm not going to do anything about them. Instead, you have to embrace reality and deal with it. You have to understand that there is a law and it provides boundaries of what you can and cannot do, but you have to be more proactive instead of reactive. If you react to the situation without being prepared, you can either not make a decision and deal with those consequences or make a decision and hope that you're right. And if you're not, there's a really bad payday at the, at the end of that tunnel. So what can you do to be proactive? How can you set yourself up for success so that if you get into this situation, then you feel confident that you already have the right infrastructure in place to make that decision? And the answer is you need to have two things, an employee social media use policy and employee social media training. So let's start with the employee social media use policy. From an incredibly high level, this policy governs all employees' social media use, from your top C-level executive down to your entry-level employee that just came in out of college or even high school. It governs speech that occurs during work time, even after hours. It doesn't matter if it happens on a company computer or on someone's personal cell phone. At the end of the day, employees can still say things that will put the company at risk regardless of when or where that they post it. And so you need to have responsible guidelines in place that let employees know three things. One, what is responsible and acceptable social media use? In today's day and age, tell people not to use social media, they're going to want to use it more and they're going to use it anyway. So you want to just accept that fact and say, look, you're going to use social media to connect with family and friends and sometimes even talk about things relating to work. Um, however, there are things that you can't do because it's going to get you and the company in trouble. So you let them know what they can do. Also, you let them know what they can't do, meaning what are things that are going to get them in trouble or the company in trouble. And you want to be very specific when you do so. The third thing that you want to put into your employee social media use policy are the consequences for what happens if you don't follow the rules, meaning that you can be disciplined up to and including termination. Now, you might be saying, okay, Ethan, I've sat here for like 12, 13 minutes. I don't know. I don't have a clock in here. And you told me nothing I don't know. I already have a social media use policy. I was hiring you to give me some good nuggets of information that I can take away and use. Was this the biggest waste of 12 minutes in my entire life? No. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I, 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 you must live an incredibly interesting life. But let me tell you what you need to do with your employee social media use policy because many of you out there are making big mistakes. Meaning, having a policy is good, but if your policy doesn't comply with the National Labor Relations Act, it's almost worse than having no policy at all. Meaning, you can be found to have violated the National Labor Relations Act just by having a policy that has unlawful work rules even if you never enforce those rules in the first place. Really? Heck yeah. Meaning that if you have a policy 
that tells employees not to do things that they have a right to do under the law, then you have chilled or proactively restricted employee speech. The law will assume that employees will not engage in protected activity because if they did so, they would experience consequences. So you can't have your policy too narrow where you're leaving certain risks on the table because then employees don't know what they shouldn't be doing. You can't, on the other hand, also have a policy that's too broad, one that is going to encompass both prohibited activities but also protected activities. It can't be too small. It can't be too big. It's got to be just right. Think of your employee's social media use policy as the three little bears. Not too hot, not too cold. Porridge has got to be just right, and so is your policy. So what are some tips on how you can draft your employee's social media use policy in a way that really fits that mold? I like to follow the ABCs. You start with A, accuracy. The policy itself must be accurate, meaning it must conform to the current state of the law, and it must prohibit activities that are prohibited and put you at risk, but doesn't go too far to um, include protective activities that can put employees at risk. So you need to make sure your policy is accurate, and you as an HR professional or whoever is responsible for doing this um, has tools and resources available to you or employment lawyers or, hey, look, maybe even a social media lawyer. I don't know. Why would you call that guy? It's not like he wrote a book on it called Should You Fire Over Facebook, but <sighs> anyway, I digress. So you want to make sure it's accurate. Be brevity. You want to be brief. What I mean is that us as lawyers have a tendency to think we're smarter than we are, and we're not, meaning by putting complex legalese into a policy, uh, your employees may not understand what the heck that stuff means. So if you're brief and to the point, then you are going to better have people understand your policy itself and it will make sense and it would resonate. No one wins bonus points under the law for using words like where to for and all that stuff, all right? You don't need Latin words in your policy. I want to understand what this means so I know what I should do, what I shouldn't do, and then get on with my day. C, you want clarity in your policy, meaning not only just using plain English, but if you're going to... Um, want to protect yourself from certain types of dangerous activities, but it sounds a bit broad, you can clarify what you mean by certain terms. So let me give you an example. Wouldn't it be reasonable to have a policy within your employee handbook that says employees should not share confidential information? Seems reasonable, right? We don't want people sharing our company's secrets with someone else. The problem is, what is meant by the term confidential. You might think that it means trade secrets, plans, business information, pricing info, customer list. Employees might think the word confidential means how much I get paid or private conversations between managers and employees. And as you can see, there's some ambiguity there. So by clarifying what you mean, following the ABCs, you can say something like, employees shall not share confidential information about the company on Facebook. And then say, confidential information is defined as trade secrets, pricing info, uh, corporate strategy documents, legal conversations, uh, things that are specifically designed to protect the company. 
In that way, there's no question as to whether or not you're protecting something that can be protected as opposed to being overreaching and infringing upon employees' protected rights. So you follow the ABCs, you'll have a lawful social media policy and one that's not gonna have all those terrible consequences that we talked about earlier. But having a policy is not enough. Let me ask you this. The last time that you purchased some piece of electronics, maybe it was a video game system, maybe it was a cool podcast, I don't know, app that I'm using, um, or maybe like a toaster oven. How many of you read the manual? Be honest. Did you read it? No way, no one reads this stuff, all right? It's a bunch of boring text about your toaster oven. What can go wrong? Don't stick a fork in there, don't use it in the bathtub. Boom, I understand what I can't do with the toaster. You don't read policies and procedures, and employees don't also. When you onboard an employee and give them a gigantic stack of papers that's from here to like a mile high, do you think they digested all that? Hell no, they signed every page of this thing so that they can get on, get to work, and get paid. Now, that you might think, well, they signed it and I gave it to them, so whatever, I'm, I'm protected, right? Eh, not really. So yes, that's kind of helpful, but if you don't provide training to employees, then they're not gonna know what to do and what not to do. And if you try to fire someone because they signed that policy but you didn't give them training, you might not feel that confident. A judge might say, look, your policy was kind of written three years ago, it was stacked into a whole bunch of other papers, and it includes all this complex legalese, therefore, I don't think this employee understood what they shouldn't do, and therefore, I'm gonna find that you fired them unlawfully. You would flip the heck out if that happened, meaning that you wanna make sure, if you're gonna go through all this effort and expense of hiring an attorney to draft your, your policy, you wanna make sure it works. So by having an employee training program that explains the concepts of this to employees in plain English, you will not only A, put yourself in a better legal position in the event that you have to enforce this policy later because a judge is gonna say, look, you read it, you signed it, they trained you, I'm sorry, employee, you're SOL. But what's even better than that? By investing a little bit of time, energy, effort, and maybe even money in hiring someone to deliver a training program you are gonna proactively mitigate the possibility of these problems happening in the future. What I mean is that when employees are crystal clear about what they can or can't do, and that it can actually harm them and the company, they're more apt to think twice before posting something harmful on social media. So having that training program really works to help mitigate the situation. You might be thinking, okay, Ethan, training programs are cool and whatnot, but I got employees in like, let's say I'm at a bank, I got 15 branches, I got people at a call center, I got managers, tellers, how am I gonna get everybody in a room? What are you gonna do, deliver this program like 40 times? No, I mean, you can. If you're gonna hire someone to deliver a training program 40 times, hire me, I will rock that for you. I'll even give you a discount on number 37 through number 40, bing. But, for real, what you can do is you leverage technology. Oftentimes when we're delivering employee social media training programs for companies, we'll record them online. It's something that they can access on demand and then you have that for both all of your existing employees and every new employee that walks into the door can have that training. And maybe you have to update the training program once a year or maybe not if the law stays the same, but at least you have that tool available to you. So now you're in a better position to answer that question that we posed in the beginning which is, 
Can you fire that employee for all those mean and nasty things they said about Bob and your company on Facebook? So, drum roll, please. Should you fire that employee? And the answer is, oh, good, I heard you. The answer is maybe. It depends. But now you're in a much better position to know what to do. You now understand the law, and you can better say, is this employee talking about protected activity with our other employees? Or is this an employee just talking about smoking pot and doing drugs on what was supposed to be a sick day? Um, so you have a better idea of what the law is. Two, you understand how the law applies to social media. If this post about Bob and your company was just from this employee and no one else interacted with it, no other employees got involved in the conversation, and this conversation didn't grow from some staff meeting that uh, was just a natural extension of that conversation, then you know that it probably wasn't concerted. And therefore, you're in a better position to make that decision. And then finally, you can say, do I have an employee social media use policy? Did they acknowledge it and sign it? And I have records of that. And did I give them training? If you have all that stuff, you're in a much better position to make that decision. So at the end of the day, I'm not revealing the answer. Why? Because I didn't give you enough facts to figure it out. I'm a law professor for Pete's sake, okay? You thought this one was supposed to be easy. But I hope that through this episode, I gave you the tools that you need to be able to understand the issue, learn how to apply it to social media, and figure out what you'll need to better protect yourself in the future so that you could be prepared for that situation as opposed to being behind the eight ball. That's whether you should fire an employee and employee social media use policies from a high level. I answered some general questions today, but you know whose questions I didn't answer? Mm -hmm. That's right, yours. And I would love to do so. If you have questions about employee social media use policy or what types of procedures or training you might need at your company in order to comply with the law, guess what? I want to answer them. And I'll answer them right here on the Social Media Law Cast. So what do you have to do to get your questions answered by bum -ba -da -ba, a social media attorney? You do the following. First, I want you to follow the social media law firm on social media. To do so, you go and search for social media law firm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, not Snapchat, don't know how to use Snapchat. And you'll find all of our profiles there. You can learn tips, tricks, and resources that you can use and hopefully educate and entertain you at the same time. But also, you can leave us a comment with your question. You can even slide into our DMs, and we'd be happy to take those questions and field them on our podcast and, of course, do so anonymously. Now, you're not going to hear the answers to your questions unless you do what? You know it. Subscribe to the podcast. I want you to go to iTunes, Spotify, whatever you like to listen to, but definitely on iTunes. Please subscribe. Leave us a comment. Let us know how much you enjoyed the episode today. Um, even if you didn't enjoy it, lie. Tell us how much you enjoyed the episode today. But please follow us on social media. Subscribe to our podcast. And then maybe even one day you and I can become friends on Facebook. Thanks so much. And I'll see you next time.